broadcasting live on the Mix Radio Network. You're listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Casey, the floor is yours. All right, how you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of the Cutting Room Floor for the 499th time. I'm doing this. Unbelievable. Next week is going to be my 500th episode. I can't believe I've been around that long already. Uh, so, a little podcast that I started to showcase indie entertainers and, and uh, creative types from all walks. I like to say, if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, then I want to hear from you. The easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. Uh, you can look me up on Twitter, at CuttingRoomMRB, if you want to be on the show or if you want me to promote something for you. Or you can hit me up on Facebook, where I post all the recordings and post a bunch of other stuff that I just generally find funny. Uh, you know, usually to the uh, get my uh, wife to roll her eyes at me because we don't show this <laughs> sense of humor. Uh, but I'll address that at uh, facebook.com forward slash cutting room mrb a quick thank you as we always do at the top of the show to uh the wolf who acts as my announcer and to michael cardello who wrote that little uh, jingle for me there so i always appreciate that uh so getting down to the end of the year uh it's kind of a, an interesting show today because i don't normally have two people on that haven't done the show before so this is really kind of exciting for me uh, I always, you know, it's a point of pride to have somebody on for the first time, doubly so when you get somebody as a referral, and both of the people that I'm having on today are referrals. Um, so we're going to give a quick thank you in the uh, in the first half to Rosemond Donza, who is a, uh, a good friend of um, my guest and I in the first half here, uh, Imani LaRussa. Uh, and yeah, I did get that right on the first go. Uh, Imani is from Sacramento, California, and she's working uh, uh, on a student film project called Wakeless. It's currently on the Indiegogo trail, and we're here to talk about that and what her motivations are and what it's like to be an up-and-comer in the film business. Uh, I always like to have film students on the show. I, t- I say that this is also a point of pride because I like to think of it as investing in the future of the storytelling business and and you know I never know where you know I'll be able to look back on this when I'm older and grayer than I am now and be able to say yeah you know what that kid was on there when I uh, that person was on there when they were working on their first little uh, student junkets um, so no pressure Imani uh, and, and uh, without further ado the cutting room floor proudly welcomes Imani LaRosa Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Casey. I just wanted to first thank you for letting me onto the show. It means a lot. Uh, I'm 21, so this is brand new to me. Um, (laughs) So right now, I'm currently uh, directing my second short film. It's called Wakeless. And uh, it's a story about David, an introverted, lonely man who struggles uh, with the attempts to make a better life for himself. Um, and while constantly being plagued by horrendous night terrors and through the suffering, uh, he's just trying to make a better life for himself and his dog, but ultimately loses his grip on reality. I mean, th- this sounds like a, a fairly heavy piece of material, right? So, so, yes. so, so, so how, how did you actually come up with this? So uh, I am very heavy into uh, post-production. I uh, have been working in After Effects uh, for, I would say, at least seven years. And I've always been fascinated with uh, making new things. And it's I've grabbed multiple um, effects that I've seen, like in Watchmen, um, Dr. Manhattan, when he disintegrates. Uh, I really love that scene. And I wanted to basically incorporate all these different uh, aspects and visual effects into one story that I can be able to execute all of them. And also, I've also been really fascinated with uh, night terrors and this idea that 
um, when we die, we go to um, a dream heaven. Uh, it's like an internal, uh, infinite dream heaven. But no one ever talks about a dream hell. So uh, the story uh, kind of focuses on his idea of his dream heaven, but in the end, um, he can't get there because uh, mentally he's not in the right state of mind. So, now, now I, I got to ask you: the, 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 you mentioned that you had an interest in in night terrors, right? And, yes. And at the risk of asking an overly personal question, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But have you ever had one yourself? I've had some pretty crazy dreams where um, I'm actually I'm a fan of lucid dreaming. Um, I have been able, at one point in my life, I would lucid dream almost every day. And it was such an emotional experience for me because it seemed so real. And that was sort of like my dream heaven. And uh, since I've been a part of that so much, I wanted to focus on the dream hell aspect. Like uh, being in a lucid dream, but in a nightmare. (laughs) Um, And I, I actually, the dog um, that is in the film, uh, he is, was donated from uh, Alpha K9. They helped us with uh, getting him trained, and they are super awesome. But the trainer, um, he actually is, uh, he's a veteran, and he was completely attached to the script because he can relate to uh, the main character, David, who experiences these night terrors. Well, yeah, and people that are coming back from battle, I, I mean, there's all kinds of studies that have been devised about that, about these poor guys that, that you know, really do need to get the help because they, uh, you can just imagine some of the dreams that they must have, right? Definitely, uh, you know? definitely. And he gave me a new perspective on uh, night terrors, and he basically uh, would talk about his own personal experiences, and I've kind of put his experiences into my character, and I've basically told my character how to think um, going off of someone who's actually been through it. No, and uh, I mean, like, I, I got to admit, you struck a bit of a nerve with me because at the risk of volunteering too much, this there's a bit of a problem with me too, quite frankly. Like, I get them, right? So, <laughs> so you know, anybody that can ha- has had one can tell you. I mean, admittedly, fortunately for me, they were a little bit worse when I was a kid, not so much as an adult. But yeah, but any, any anybody that that has had them can tell you how terrifying these things can actually be, That's, right? Yes. Even though it's all basically just a dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in the in the story, I kind of want to transition from where he realizes their dreams uh, in like when he wakes up. But his dreams are coming, becoming more real. And um, you it's not so much of a hazy dream anymore. It's it's where he's in an actual situation where he normally goes. For instance, uh, there's a scene where he's at work. And um, t- typical environment that he's always in, but he doesn't realize that he's actually in a dream. So, yeah, that's when he kind of loses his grip of reality and ultimately loses his sense of life. So this is your, your second project, right? Is yes, that, yes. Right, so. uh, my first film uh, was called Causation. It was the first film I've ever directed, uh, well, a real one. <laughs> um, and it was extremely successful. Um, 
well, in my eyes, <laughs> it got into uh, three uh, film festivals, including the Sacramento Film Festival, uh, one in Rhode Island and one in New Jersey. And it also screened at the Crest Theater in Sacramento. Um, and yeah, I've kind of gotten a lot of recognition for that film because um, I was basically told that I couldn't do it. Uh, the, the course to make that film was 11 weeks. And when I pitched the script, um, all of the, the judges on the panel were basically like, you're not going to be able to do this. You can't do this in the amount of time that you're given. And sure enough, I uh, busted it out with, a, with the help of multiple five-hour energy drinks over a course of four weeks of editing. Um, I got it done, and I'm really happy with it. Well, so. and, and you said you got it into three festivals? Yes, it got into three different film festivals. Well, I mean, for your first project, I mean, don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, that's one hell of an accomplishment in and of itself. Eh? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm hoping that uh, with this film, it is more successful because the budget is uh, three times more than my first one. And I kind of realized my mistakes on my last film. And I want to uh, be able to make this film absolutely perfect and what I envisioned. So are you so, doing this as a short or is it a feature? It's a short. It's a short, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're yeah, looking like, at it like, around... mo like most student films would be, right? You're, you're yeah. Gonna... I mean, if I had a $20,000 budget, I would love to make a feature. <laughs> but um, uh, in the amount of time that we have, we basically get 33 weeks to make um, a short film. And something of this magnitude, that's not really a lot of time. Uh, so we get like a quarter for each uh, side of production. So we have pre-production, which is a quarter of production, and then uh, post. So a lot of my time's actually going to go into uh, post-production because we have a lot of compositing and stuff that's going to go into it too. Now, you, you, you mentioned to me offline that you were doing this as part of a class, right? Yes. So what class is it for? And, and uh, I guess what is the, the goal behind this particular course that, that you're following right now? So this is my senior thesis film. Oh, it uh, is? Okay, all right. I, I didn't realize you were that far along with us. Okay, that's good. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually are required to make two films before we graduate, uh, which is our short media film, which is uh, the causation film that I made, and uh, our senior <clears throat> thesis film, which is Wakeless that I'm making now. And uh, those are kind of like our two opportunities to prove to ourselves that the amount of time and money that we put into school really did uh, show off. So um yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty crazy because I'm like in charge of everything and uh, I like being in post-production, but I also love being in charge. Um, Rose, my producer, she's been an absolute amazing producer. Uh, she's such a sweetheart, which makes it so much more easier. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've kind of just been working like constantly on this film to make it what we envision because in the end, I, I want to be able to show this film off um, and hopefully get into mo more film festivals. Hey, you, you mentioned Rosamund Dawson. I, I mean, you know, she's a, a good friend of mine, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she was actually the one that, that set this up, right? And uh, I, I'll agree with you that she, she is a sweetheart, bless her, but, but uh, she's also one of the most tenacious people that I know. And, and uh, you know, if she sets her mind to something, it's damn well going to happen. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I, the fact that we're both extremely motivated uh, makes it a lot easier uh, to make this film possible. I know that right now uh, in making this film, I would put myself higher than a lot of the other students because I have her. 
um, a lot of the other students don't have an experienced producer and I have Rose, like one of the best producers that has come out of our school. So it's definitely shown. Yeah, no, no pressure there, Rose, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know that she's going to be listening to this later and getting back to me and going, holy shit. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I can say that because she came up with a campaign slogan, if I ever ran for office, and that's an inside joke between Rose and I, but, but uh, anyway, I, I'm a big fan of hers, and she knows that. Uh, so, yeah. so uh, okay, getting back to the, the crowdfunding aspect of it, right? Now, this is, this is a lot of work, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Our budget is uh, $10,000 and uh, almost every weekend I have gone out um, and done bake sales, uh, goodie bag sales, and just basically been putting myself out there. I've gotten a lot of no's, but it's the yeses that count. Um, just people who want to help young uh, filmmakers, that they're the people that make this film possible. And without them, I, I can't, I couldn't do this. I wish I could pay for film equipment with my heart, but I can't. <laughs> no, I, you know, if, if, you know, it's like the uh, the old adage: if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I mean, is this your first run at the hill in terms of a crowdfunding campaign, or, or like? No, you... uh, for for causation, we actually got five hundred dollars over our goal. Um, we had a $3,000 goal on Kickstarter, but, um, sure enough, <laughs> my goal was already a thousand dollars over budget. Uh, so that, that was pretty crazy, but I, I basically produced my last film. Um, and that was a huge issue on me because it was extremely stressful. And at one point I thought I was going to have a panic attack directing and producing my own film. So my first film at that. And at, at the school, it's basically, this is all or nothing. This is where you show your reputation and you can either talk big and show off or uh, be at the bottom of the list. So it's definitely pretty big, a lot of pressure. Well, I, and I mean, it's kind of a delicate line to, to walk, I, I would argue too, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that are brash and they go, you know, everybody needs to listen to me and they, they talk a really good game, but there's no you know, power behind the punch, right? Yeah, but, but, definitely. But, but to me, at least from what I've seen, you know, you don't have too much material up there, but at least you're looking to, you know, to craft a quality product, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, for me personally, um, I have been going to school for uh, almost four years now. I started school uh, when I was 17. I moved straight out of my house uh, when I got out of high school and I moved to Sacramento, which was two hours away from my previous home. And uh, I wanted to pursue film, but little did I know that it was such a male dominant industry. And um, I didn't think that being a female would really come into play of my artistry, uh, but it does. Um, I've definitely had some times where uh, I've gotten a lot of judgment and criticism because I'm not just like a random girl. Like I do my makeup, I wear dresses all the time. And um, I think it, it kind of turns people away or uh, pers I, I'm like perceived as less of and I've definitely had times where uh, I was working on set and I was trying to pick up a light kit and one of the directors runs out to me he's like no 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 like don't don't pick that up like we'll have a guy pick it up why don't you go fill out the paperwork for the actors it's like oh okay uh I'm not made of glass but <laughs> um 
but yeah, it's, it's been a struggle, but I think that's really what motivated me to become a better filmmaker and try to be better than my competition uh, because I've been told that I can't do something. Well, and, and uh, you were also saying, and I, I want to, I'm going to preface this by saying that I, I want to put this in the most positive light that I possibly can. On the one hand, it's unfortunate that you're you're the only woman in your class, right, in this yeah. particular class. But on the other hand, I would applaud you for being the only woman in your class. <laughs> if, yeah. If, if, I... it, if it really is that competitive, it, to a certain extent, does say something about the you know the quality of your metal that that you're able to do this. Yeah, I mean, not trying to brag, but I do have the highest. Uh amount on our Indiegogo than anyone in the class so and I've I've been working my ass off it has nothing to do with being a female so um but it's been it's been great though to um kind of be told that I can't do something and then proving them wrong um that's kind of been like my like overall motivation in life <laughs> Well, yeah, it was my father always said. Uh, my father was a guidance counselor in high school, and he used to remind uh -huh. me often. And he goes, "You get a group of people together that really want something bad enough, and magic happens." You know, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. Does, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best group. It's just that they work the hardest, you know, toward, towards a common goal, and they they can get to where they need to be. And I, you know, certainly if you got somebody like Rose in your corner, then then you're on the right yeah. track, right? Yeah, yeah. And right now we have uh, most of our pre-production. Uh, are women. My, I'm a female director, Rose, uh, my producer, my AD is a female. So it's funny because on our uh, like call sheets, all our pre-production uh, paperwork, it all has just female names. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's so empowering. <laughs> Have you met Ann Lauer at all? Uh, uh, Laura? Ann, Ann Lauer? Amar. Ann sure. Lauer. Yeah. Uh, she's a, a friend of mine. She's actually going to be on next week, and, and um, she's big into uh, uh, advocating women's rights in movies and in the film business. She actually has a group called Cine Ladies that, that uh, I had a panel on here, and, and uh, follow her at Princess underscore Scribe if you want to, and tell her that I uh, yeah. I told her to get in touch with you. And uh, you know, she's she's one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet, and she's big into the, to that whole uh, movement as well, and and rightly that would so, be awesome. and rightly That'd so, be by the way. So and there's 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 a tip of the hat to you too. So yeah, <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So um, and, and I'll arrange, you know, I'll arrange an introduction on Twitter if you want to do that. But um, yeah. Uh, so in terms of the what exactly? Let, let's get down to the the business case aspect of it. What what exactly are you raising the seven thousand dollars for? So um, at least five thousand dollars is going to my cast and crew. Um, and that's my, my, uh, director of photography, which is Andrew Johnson, which is, he's also very known, uh, to being one of the best, uh, director of photographies that are come out of our school. Um, and, uh, Rose, obviously I, I wish I could pay her more. I wish the $7,000 went to her. <laughs> um, but then I have uh, my actors as well. Uh, I, I want to pay people so that they want to be on set. I mean, it's, I love people who want to be on set, but it's definitely an incentive uh, for people to kind of enjoy being there uh, to do something that they love and get paid for it. Well, and I mean, you know, these are people that that, uh, that are fighting a lot of the same battles that you are, right? I, yeah. I mean, you're you're yeah. not going to be able to go out there and get name actors or things like that for your for your your thing. You want people that are actually, like you said, that want to be there and, and feel like yeah. they're contributing to something. Yeah, uh, definitely. And like, I want to make my set as like 
easy as possible. Um, when I was on set for my last film, it was, I, I try to make it a very cool environment. There were some issues that went on with actors, but for the most part, everyone was smiling. They were having a good time. We're on schedule every day. It didn't go off of 12 hours, uh, which was really cool. Um, so I'm hoping this set's the same as well. Um, now, you, I kind of picked up on this, that, that you're going to be shooting in multiple locations. Yeah, so uh, our first location is actually in, at Kings Beach uh, towards Tahoe. Oh my gosh, we just went there to do uh, location scouting and it is uh, so beautiful. The snow is touching all of the mountains and um, I seriously cannot wait to shoot those scenes. Um, and then uh, a lot of our locations are in Sacramento. Uh, we have an office um, provided by my great friend Shushant. Uh, me and Rose spent like an entire day going office to office trying to find um, the perfect spot. And she was like, hey, uh, why don't we check out a realtor? And it didn't dawn on me that I knew someone that worked at real estate and I actually uh, did some work for them. And so we went there and uh, we were like, yeah, can we film? She's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, I haven't even told you the dates yet. And she was like, no, oh, okay, tell me the day. It's like, you could film. So finding locations have been really great for us. Uh, there's a lot of people who have been able to donate their time, um, just like Alpha Canine. Uh, they are amazing. They, we've been meeting with them, with the actors, so that the dog, uh, Dosco, um, can have a good relationship with the actor before we go on set. Um, and what are some of the perks that you're offering as a, uh, as a result of this? Yeah, so uh, all of our art is made by a Sacramento artist. Uh, we have um, like postcards that will have updated uh, information on the film once it's completed. So if it's screened at a theater or if it gets in any other film festivals, uh, they would get that. A credit in the film, obviously, for donating. Um, a DVD of the official film, which would include behind the scenes, how the film was actually made, uh, director's commentary. Um, a poster, a t-shirt that has the, the art on it. And if you actually check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash film, you can see all of the artwork that is on there. And it looks absolutely amazing. Um, my artist, he's completely blown me away with uh, what he's done. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. But anyone who donates um, will get something. If, if you donate $10 or more, like you would get something. And I think it's more so just about like helping a young female filmmaker um, and making this film possible. So, and also you can get a credit on IMDb as an executive producer. <laughs> well, I'll offer this to you. Uh, uh, if you want to um, use the copy of this interview as part of your special features, and, uh, then I want you to feel free to use that too, right? So, awesome. I so, would love to. So, uh, I mean, I, the way I look at it is, you know, when I'm doing these interviews is I'm giving you a tool by which you can use to market yourself. So feel free to take snippets out of it or do whatever you want to with this conversation. Right. I would love to. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll just ask you, as a film student, right, uh, ha, mm -hmm. uh, is there any other type of filmmaking or, or medium or, you know, whether it's, you know, television commercials or episodic TV or, uh, uh, okay, uh, yeah, okay, we're going to have to wrap this up. I'm just going to okay. put you on hold here just for a second, all right? Okay, okay hey, Brian? 
Hello, hey, hey Casey. Hey, yeah, I'm just going to put you on hold just for one second. I'm just wrapping up with uh, with Imani, and then uh, I'll be right back with you. Uh, right? Of course. All right. All right, thanks. Okay. Okay, let's see if we can get Imani back here. Pardon me. We're just going to do a little bit of quick little bit here. Hey, Imani. Hey. Yeah, sorry about that. So it's okay. Uh, okay, we're just uh, we're we're about to bring Brian Ackley in for the uh, the second half here. But uh, the the last question I always have for everybody is where can people go to learn more about what you're doing? So you can check out our campaign um, at uh, igg dot me slash at slash wakeless or easier uh, facebook dot com slash wakeless the film. Um, and you can see our campaign there um, or our website, wakelistthefilm.com. Um, it shows our video campaign and kind of the, the tone and mood of how the film's going to play out. So, Okay, well, excellent. And thanks a lot for coming on today. Uh, certainly, if there's anything that I can do to help you, then, then by all means, let me know. But, I mean, you certainly look like you have a good, long career ahead of you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So you have yourself a good day, okay? You too. All Thank right. you. Bye. Okay, bye. So we were just on with... Uh... Okay, we were just on with Imani Larissa, and the name of her film is called Wakeless, and you can find this on Indiegogo right now. It's got about four days left on it, and she could use, she could use all the uh, the help that she can get. Uh, if Rosamund Dawson is behind this, then believe me, there's something that's worth looking at, and uh, I, I certainly have a lot of respect for both of them, having uh, tried to, to go through this and follow both of their careers for the last little while. Uh, so, on the second half of the show, I've got Brian Ackley on the line. Brian, are you there? Yes, I am here. Okay, and uh, it's, uh, I kind of got a bit of a mixed message there. Is Princeton going to be here as well, or is it just going to be yourself? It's just myself. Okay, great. All right, so what we're going to do, uh, Brian, if it's okay with you, is I'm going to play the Hollywood Rock and Wrap-Up by Jason Hadley. That's what we do at this time of the show. Uh, then I'm going to play a little piece of Christmas music. I don't normally do this, but I've had uh, Merry Christmas Maggie Thatcher uh, from the Billy Elliot show uh, rattling around in my head all week. Uh, so nice little... Uh, toe-tapping piece by Elton John there by the original cast of uh, Billy Elliot the musical and then we're going to be back to talk with Brian Ackley. Uh, Brian is that cool with you? That's very cool with me. I'll okay. talk to you soon. Okay so just put yourself on mute there and we'll be back in about five minutes. It's the Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up with your host, Jason Hadley. Model Bar Raphael is wanted by authorities in her home country of Israel for tax evasion. No doubt she could have gone to any of the country's H&R blocks, which, if you ask any Arab, is only a stone's throw away. One of the four women married to Sister Wives star Cody Brown admits she had an online affair with someone who turned out wasn't who they said they were. I mean, why share one man with three other wives when she can have the heir to a Nigerian oil inheritance all to herself? Khloe Kardashian's new talk show is struggling as insiders reveal no one wants to be a guest. Maybe they should give the talk show to her sister Kim, even though her monologue simply tracks when and who she got it from. Happy birthday to Brad Pitt, who turns, uh, well, I assume to alcohol. His wife Angelina Jolie is the cat lady of adopted children. Seriously, one of their kids was almost named Mittens. And that's the Hollywood Rockin' Wrap-Up. Follow us on Twitter at Rockin' Wrap-Up.
Oh, we've been out on strike for eight months now, but don't worry. We're going to have the best bloody Christmas party we've ever had. Hey, Santa. What up? Can you hear it in the distance? Can you sense it far away? Is it old Rudolph the reindeer? Is it Santa on his sleigh? It's heading up to East England. It's coming down the tide. Oh, it's bloody Maggie Thatcher and Michael Heseltine. Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher from the show Billy Elliot. If you haven't seen that one, go. That's a lot of fun. I dig the theater. We don't get enough of it here in Montreal. We get a lot of the touring companies, and whenever everybody, one of these shows comes, my wife and I run out and see it. Uh, we were in the orchestra seats, and we had a great old time. That was a good show. So, uh, uh, Brian, are you there? Yes, I am here. Okay, so what do you think of that? I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it was fun, eh? So, yes, uh, uh, you know, that was great. So, Thanks uh, a lot. Yeah, so, um, okay, so Brian Ackley is on the show for for the second half. 
Uh, he's working on uh, actually publicizing Alienated, which is his latest film, and I actually got a chance to see that this morning, so uh, you know we're going to have a lot to talk about today. Uh, he wrote and directed it, and this was a collaboration with Princeton Holt, who I've had the uh, pleasure of having on the show before. Uh, and like I said, to, to talk about Alienated and a bunch of the other things that he's working on. Uh, and I've got a couple of specific questions for him because this was uh, what I like to call a slow winder of a movie and it kind of catches you off guard. And I love stuff like this because you're not quite sure what you're seeing at some point when, you, when you're watching it, but you walk away and think about it for about a week. And, and that to me is uh, you know, the kind of thing I like that kind of just sort of sticks in the back of your brain there for a few days. Uh, so without further ado, again, proudly for the first time uh, on the show, uh, Cutting Room Floor proudly welcomes Brian Ackley. Uh, Brian, how you been? Thank you very much, Casey. Uh, I'm, I'm well. Um, thank, thank you for having me on. My collaborators and my partners are uh, all, we're all very excited to be able to talk about alienated so thank you for having me on your show yeah and i was i was kind of stoked when you, you when i found out you were working with princeton because like i said i have had him on before and uh you know mm. he, he's he's a sharp guy i think yeah oh yeah he is he's definitely sharp yeah so the first question i always have for everybody uh, when i have them on for the first time is a bit of an icebreaker did i get your bio information right or is that close enough Oh, yes. Yes, you did. Okay, great, great. So, uh, I like I said, your your team allowed me to see this on uh, on Vimeo. There it is. They sent me a link to the private screening of it. So, great job, by the way. Um, Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. I, you know, with, with what you were doing there, I, I was just, I got to admit, I was impressed with the, the, uh, the acting performances that I saw particularly. Uh, so, in your own words, what is Alienated about? Alienated is, is about a guy who witnesses a UFO, um, but he doesn't know how to tell his wife about it uh, because he doesn't think that she'll believe him. And then, she, and then he does uh, tell her about it, and she doesn't believe him. So alienated becomes it, it's about the relationship of these two people that are that are married, uh, and we really get into a lot of trust issues. Uh, communication uh, comes up a lot, and no, and you really do have a double kind of entendre about the the whole notion of alienated, right? That that on, on the yeah. one on the one hand, superficially from the trailer, this looks like a science fiction piece, but you know, I, I kind of quickly threw that out the window when I started watching it, and I was really happy that you you didn't go that route, by the way, because it was more or less about a relationship going to hell, right? Oh yeah, that's that's in fact what we're mo we we were most interested in we're more interested in in general with character with character pieces um you know characters uh are are what really brings you into a story it's what makes things you know interesting because that's what we relate to then all this other stuff if it's a thriller or sci-fi of course that's just icing on the cake but to find a story to to come into a story with a good set of characters is really what's fun for me to to write and to watch. No, and I, I, I've said this a few times when, when people send me stuff, you know, like the, uh, specifically dramas, right? I always find myself asking the question fairly early on, what is it that makes me want to care about these two people? Or what is it that makes me want to care about these people? Oh, yeah. And if I can't find an answer to that, I lose patience awfully quickly. But, but the, the, you know, the two people that you had, uh, you know, going back and forth in terms of your leads were, were both firing on all cylinders and you couldn't take your eyes off of it right i'm glad well thank you for saying that yeah we really really enjoyed working with george and jen uh the two leads in our film uh we really enjoyed watching them um they 
you know, it turned out uh, that they they had to rehearse on their own because I lived in St. Louis at the time, so I wasn't uh, available for rehearsing. Um, but they they jumped on and they took off with it so much so they they they, I mean, uh, I don't know. It, there wasn't much that needed to be done on set, if that makes sense, in terms of of uh, directing them. Because they had the material, they just had, they just, they, you just had to let them go at it, which was just amazing. And so it, it was a lot of fun to, to be able to sit back and, and experience it. And, and even the more intense moments, uh, they, they were intense, but they were, they were also fun at the same time. No, and, and, uh, I thought that, uh, what was the name of the, the actress who played Paige? That's Jen Berry. Jen, okay, yeah, because I, I thought that she in particular, you know, because she goes through various different, you know, sort of levels of emotion too, right? There's a little bit more range with that character. The, the, the uh, you know. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, the, to, the, that in particular that, you know, from frustration to flat out anger to, to you know, just give me a moment to, to have my quiet. I mean, there was a lot of that dialing it back and forth I liked, you know, so. Well, that was the fun, that was what was fun about writing with this sort of structure in mind, which I kind of related to a play. And it, it gave me an opportunity to kind of um, let the characters breathe and let the characters just kind of wander from one emotional state into another, or sometimes not wander, but being jolted into another emotional state. Um, and we were just really fortunate to find really good actors that were able to tap into the those... Uh, those nuances, those, uh, those, those, those changes. So, so where did you, where, where did you find them? How did you go about casting? Uh, we have, we, we keep an eye on a number of actors. Uh, there are just a bunch of actors that we're looking forward to working with. So we keep a list, but they're actor. I mean, we just, you, you know, we'll see a play, we'll see anything. Uh, we'll see a stand-up act and we'll, we'll find a performer that we want to work with. So we'll talk to them and we'll begin to build a relationship. Hi, how you doing? What are you? Are, what are your ambitions? What are you looking forward to doing this world? Um, and then down the road, if a project comes up, we have a list and we go through. You know, we 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 go down the list. We talk about it. Uh, we see who may who who might be good for certain projects that we're involved with. So both George and Jen have been on our company's radar for for a, a period of time and it was um princeton who he sent me um he sent me a couple a couple names from the list and uh i did my research i just i watched what i could watch of theirs and he and i talked went back and forth and we started talking to some of the some of these actors um and it, personality wise it, it worked out best uh to cast george and jen and, uh, I, you know, I mean, there, there were a lot of sort of high-octane scenes in this, right, in, in terms of the, the arguing that goes on, right? Uh, it gets pretty vicious. It gets, yeah. pretty, it gets pretty ugly, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just kept reminding myself of uh, another drama piece, that, uh, you know, about a relationship going to hell, which um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Boost with, um, with James Woods, have you? No, no, but I guess I have to now. But uh, yeah, that was about a really about a marriage being ruined by cocaine addiction, basically. Oh, but but, wow. but, but um, uh, I, I was just wondering, from your perspective, if there was any 
kind of um, were there any scenes in there that were particularly hard for you and and uh, and your actors to shoot? Oh well, um, not not based on any anything emotional, uh, not based on any content that I can remember. Uh, we got we got some rain on one particular day that really kind of screwed us up, um, but not. Um, no, our actors were very willing to 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 stretch themselves to to just kind of just lay out uh, whatever uh, whatever emotion was needed. At at one point, um, toward toward the end, we we were filming one scene. Our ending had been rewritten um, here and there, and and even on set, a lot of things were rewritten. And so we came to a point where we were we were filming something Jen was doing. Um, but I wanted to, um, I wanted to, I, I wanted to find a way to put some, this other scene, essentially the, this, uh, these other lines on camera. And I didn't know how to do that. So, um, but in this moment I found an opportunity to do that. And I just, I talked her through it and it didn't take, didn't take much. Um, I keep the camera rolling now, Jen, I want you to go back to this other monologue that you had here, and she she crossed over into this other into these other emotions, and it became heavier material, and it wasn't it it wasn't hard to watch or anything, but it was very emotional, and I I got very emotional on set watching her perform, um, so that that doesn't that's a I guess I'm. No, it's it's uh, a roundabout way. <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't hard. Yeah. I, 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 it wasn't hard to to watch, but it was emotional to watch. Yeah, there was there was, no, there was, was uh, I mean they they were going pretty deep into their characters. I thought so, which is a, a good thing. You, you you want that to? I mean, without that, you can't make it believable, right? Oh yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, the the other hand too is that you didn't. I mean, the, 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 there's such a thing as going too far too, and you didn't have any of the you know the dish throwing or the name calling or anything like that 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 would have you know made it maybe a little bit corny or anything. But there there was yeah, you know very very uh, very very delicate balance that you struck there. Um, the other thing too is that I I noticed, and maybe this is me just wishful thinking, but but particularly in the first half hour, okay, uh, it felt like there were long stretches where you were doing the whole thing in one take. I mean. Uh, how how far did you get with that? Um, how long I, I should say was the average segment? Oh, how how long was the average? Segment? How long was the average take? Yeah, for for a scene. Uh, the first scene, if I if I had my way, I I, I would have I would have challenged our audience even even more, um, because I had it going about nine or ten minutes. Uh, I think you know eight or nine, ten minutes, um, and I found a, f you know, we shot it. We shot what we thought was our. We shot what well, we set up a master, a stereotypical master, uh, so that we'd capture all the action that we could within that frame. Um, but then in covering, well, one of the actors, I found an even better master, and I just replaced it in my head. Like, no, we just shot coverage. This now is the master shot. And it just so perfectly captured the the dynamic between the two characters, uh, which I don't think I'm giving away much. There's one character that's that's that that's overwhelmingly uh, dominating, and so within the frame, I was able to do that um, by having the one character dominate the frame, but still having the other character very much part of that frame. 
And so I, I fell in love with that. And I don't know. I mean, if I were to revisit it, I may just stick with the master for the whole, for that whole first, uh, it was an early scene. Um, just because it worked. Um, but we, in general, we, um, we, we went, we moved in that direction, the, the, the direction of, um, try to capture as much as you can, um, in one shot, in one take, um, first because of the the emotional the, the the emotion that comes from it you know just like a play like let the actors let let them wind up and then let them go let them go and yeah. the longer you let that go the the easier i believe it is for the for the actor to really get into it so you uh, I, I, so as a as a general um you know as, as a general sort of preference right uh, and i realize that that every project may be different but are, are you the kind of director that that likes them likes your your people to go strictly off of the set playbook that you have in mind to get the vision that you need or, or are you comfortable with them if it's appropriate like like i can imagine it would be in this case if they kind of just went with the moment and did what they had to do oh well first off i'm too young of a filmmaker to to know <laughs> Uh, because this is only my second film. Oh, it is. My, okay. My you, well, you, you know what, yeah. Brian? You, you had me fooled. Okay, because that looked like something by, by somebody that had done a hell of a lot more than two movies. So. But in general, to answer your question, I'd I'd go. I, I mean, I'm open. It would depend on the material, I guess, and and it would depend on my relationship to the actors. Uh, but I'd be I'd be very much open. But the second reason why we did it for this film is because we were under we placed ourselves within tight limitations uh budgetary limitations and time limitations and even space we shot uh, the majority of the film in a single location so to be able to kind of get to be able to make our day basically it made sense to to not to to use as little as few setups as possible and to get the action all in one take as much as possible uh, now I, you know, I would be amiss if I didn't mention, um, you know, the third character that you have in this, who is a, not necessarily a name that, that people would recognize, but certainly a face that a lot of people would. Yeah. Um, now, what, what can you tell us about working with Taylor? Oh, working with Taylor, um, I may have spent, I guess I may have only spent two two days with him, um, and within that two days, there. I, there is so much that, that happened. There's so, so many facets of his personality that he shared with me and with the, with the rest of the group that it's kind of, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, it, it, it's a shame that we couldn't, it's of course a shame that he's passed away. He passed away last January um, before he was able, before we, we fi finished the film, of course. Um, but it, it was a shame not to be able to spend more time with him you know, not to be able to have his part be a bigger part. So therefore, I'd have more time to spend with him and get to know him because he was a very, very interesting character uh, or person. Um, but that plays into his character. There's uh, the pronunciation. It was Taylor uh, Negron, right? Was this, uh... You know, I don't have I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent. I, I I refer to him as Taylor Negron. Negron, okay. But I could be I've never looked up the pronunciation. Okay, for... well I, I mean you know for those of you who uh, you know who aren't familiar with this, if you look this up, it's uh, N E G G R O N, and uh, I mean this guy's been in everything from Punchline to 
pretty much every sitcom that you could possibly think of, uh, you know, in the uh, in the late '80s and early '90s. I mean, this guy was everywhere, and and just one of these faces that that could show up and either be really funny, or really creepy, or you know, <laughs> it, it just he one smile and he would crack up a whole room. I mean, I I, I remember that. So yeah, I think we all have our favorite uh, Taylor moments, you know, and watching watching films of his. Yeah, I mean, to me, Punchline is the one that that that, uh, that keeps jumping out in my mind. That that's uh, you know, every once in a while, I watch that one again. And uh, uh, but um, just in terms of you know the feedback, uh, Brian, that you've received so far. How, first of all, how long is the uh, how long has the film been been out basically? The film has been moving through the festival circuit for about a a year, I guess. About a year. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, it's always hard to keep track. Uh, but yeah, we. We've done we've done pretty well. I think we're all surprised, really, with how how well we're doing. Um, we've um, we've come away. Uh, our, our our first big festival was was in August, and we were invited to the New York City Chain Film Festival, and they uh, they were fantastic. It's a great film comp- uh, film uh, festival, uh, and they do other things too. They do a lot of things related to theater. Um, but they, we got um, several awards from them. We got be- a Best Feature Award, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor for Taylor. Um, we've done very well at the New York City Indie Film Awards. Um, again, Best Feature. Uh, we also got Best Special Effects, Best Score, Best Cinematography, also Best S- Supporting Actor again for Taylor. In general, we've been we've been doing very well we were surprised by by our success and, um, and i mean have you had a chance to to interact at all with the people that have actually seen it and, and you oh, know? our 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 favorite experience so far has been without a doubt our experience at the uh new york city chain film festival okay right. uh they um i i came out in um i was in st louis at the time this is of course in new york so i came back to new york for this and um our team i mean Mostly us producers, we didn't know really what kind of film we had. You know, we, we have kind of a mix of, of things. Um, and we were very pleased to sit into, you know, in this theater and and listen to the audience because more than anything else, they laughed. Um, they they You can tell that they were very much absorbed into the material because they were following... The, the these different you know these subtle things that the characters would do that would just kind of cause a lot of chuckling but sometimes you know a good hard giggle um and so they were relating to the characters and and we just loved that experience uh, i'm speaking specifically of princeton and i who sat next to each other just kind of elbowing each other every time there was a a, a big reaction it was it was incredible you know it was it was, it was fantastic well, and I mean, there there is a certain degree of relatability, I think, because everybody has that friend who's got nut job theories about everything, right? And you know, the, the you know, on the surface they look, you know, like they walk and talk or like everybody else, but then they just see you get them on a topic, and it's just like, what, oh, yeah. what goddamn planet are you on? And you know, and you know, I, I'm not going to reveal what because that's kind of a tipping point. But uh, but also, know. also, there's something about people if you get. If you get to talking to anybody who has a passion, then they they get they get to repeating themselves, and they get to you get this 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 heightened sense of uh, of interest, of course, and and they talk faster, they're more excited, yeah. And they yeah. and it's the the rhythms, and and then before you know, I mean, they, they, someone will repeat themselves again and again and again 
for to an outside person who's not even in the conversation that stuff's funny that stuff's hilarious like dude you are a character this is <laughs> you will not stop well, you know, and, and, and I, I mean that to me you know like is is first of all i'm guilty of that with with my own podcast i make the guys <laughs> at the office roll their eyes but but i mean to me honestly that that really is the fun Mm-hmm. You know, that's the sport in, in having conversations with people like you is getting you to the point where you're that excited about talking mm-hmm. about something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, I, I get a high off of that kind of stuff, right? So, I mean, I, well, and, and, I, and, I, and I agree with you completely, good. right? So, so uh, I, I guess where are you going with it now or do you have any other projects? That, you know, we've we got a couple of minutes left here, but, but uh, do you have any other projects in the funnel that you want to make a quick mention of? For One Way is the name of your um, production company, right? Yes, it is. One Way or Another Productions. Um, yeah, we're, we're, very, we're, we're very excited about working with Jen Burry again. Um, Jen is going to be in a movie that we're... Um, developing called uh, spotless and it's about an expected housewife who has a uh who's got a, a violent past uh her, her 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 family has a has a violent past and it catches up to her uh she's tried to move away from that um and now she's she's engaged she's expecting um but the you know uh the, the, this outside force uh is uh is threatening her, uh, her, uh, her safety really. Uh, so we're looking at we're looking to filming that um, sometime next year. Well, I, I can honestly say this, uh, you know, uh, with my hand in my heart, Brian, as a fan of yours and Princeton's and now Jen's, I, I'd like to have you, you know, somebody from your team back to talk about that when you're ready about it. Oh, thank you. We would we would love that. We would love that. Okay, great. So uh, we have to kind of tie this up, Brian, here, but but uh, as we always do at the end of the interviews, I want to make sure that we get in a good solid plug for um, for you to, to make mention of your websites or social media fees or what have you. Where can people go to learn more about Brian Ackley or One Way or Another Productions or, uh, or Alienated the movie? Well, I'd say I'd like to direct people to our website, alienatedmovie.net. Um, and the other best place to follow any news of ours is uh, on Facebook, uh, also as uh, Alienated Movie. We, um, we, we just got some really good news this morning. We, we've been invited to um, the Cinema of Bayou Film Festival in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, which is huge. And, it's, and what, a, um, what, what great timing, too. This, this morning we, we got this news. Uh, so our film continues to do well. Um, we can... Um, we're hoping to have it. We're hoping to, to release it um, in in the spring. We're hoping to release it alienated in the spring. Well, I, I, what can I tell you? I wish you nothing but the best of success with it. And, and certainly if you need my help promoting anything, then you'll let me know. Uh, I'll also give another quick thank you because I know that he's been tweeting live during the show and that always uh, is appreciated. Uh, Princeton Holt here, who you can find him on Twitter, at Princeton Holt. And actually, I'm mentioning this for two reasons. The other is because the uh, the actual name that he uses is One Way Films, right? So we can get in a plug for that. And uh, uh, I guess, Brian, anything else that you'd like to add before we close this up? No, I'd like to thank you again. Uh, thank you very much for your conversation. Uh, and this opportunity to talk about our movie. Thank, well, thank you. Well, thank you for letting me see it. All right. 
Okay. <laughs> so that's going to about do it for us. I may be back next week for my 500th God Help Me episode. I've got Marshall Arteague, who is the bad guy in Roadhouse on here. And I've got the Indie Rat Pack with uh, uh, Paul Reeves and uh, Ann Lauer and uh, uh, Ken Flott and Chip Vanderbeek and uh, Don Portella are all going to be here. And Voice Nagoka, of course. Uh, they're all going to be grilling me for my 500th show. So until then, uh, on behalf of my guests, uh, Imani LaRussa and Brian and Ackley, you've been listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. We'll talk to you guys next week for show number 500. Uh, until then, cut, print, wrap, and I am done. That was another edition of the cutting room floor with your host, Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at cutting room MRB and on Facebook, the cutting room floor.